Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We are recording from HR Tech in Vegas, brought to you by our friends and partners at Fuel50. Here's your host, Mark Pfeffer. Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer, and recording again today at the Expo Hall of the HR Technology Conference and Exhibition, and I'm going to allow my guest to introduce herself. Excellent. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Lynn Bailey. I am the executive director of hiring success for smart recruiters, which basically means that um, I'm responsible with my team for making sure that everybody who comes onto our technology is equipped um, throughout their implementation all the way through their evolution um, with the ability to achieve hiring success, right? That ability to hire the right people at the right time. So you're in a really interesting space right mm-hmm. now. Um, what, what are you, when you look out at the business recruiting and talent acquisition, what goes through your head? Um, so I'll tell you what I, what I'm really, um, intrigued by right now is, um, I think we're at this precipice where there is both an evolution in technology that's happening, um, organizations who are struggling with the new world of work and what does that mean to them? And, and, and what's that going to mean in terms of how they hire, who they're hiring, what they're looking for, um, and that intersection between them. So I think if you were going to ask me this question, you know, three years ago, my answer would have been different. I would have been said, listen, it's all now about um, how are we going to leverage artificial, tech- artificial intelligence? How are we going to map data most effectively? How are we going to connect our system so that um, we're efficient um, and that we can make smart decisions, Right. I think now, post-pandemic, I think the question is, how is technology going to step up to the plate um, to help businesses think differently about how they hire, who they hire, when they hire, where they hire, um, and how they equip them to be able to do their jobs? Um, And I think that's, yes, we've been there, but I think we're really going to have to rethink our strategies for how we do it. Do you think most businesses are sort of up for that task? I think they're forced to be up for that task. I think even the ones who think that they're just going to go kind of dial it back to, you know, 2018 um, and start from there um, are finding that it's not really working for them the way they hoped it would. Um, So I think that even if they're not clearly articulating that they're having to transform and change the way in which they think about um, the the workforce and, and the way they think about hiring and mobility and et cetera, they're being forced with those new choices in front of them because employees are forcing it. The, the paradigm shift is, has already happened, right? Right. Um, and whether companies choose to participate in that or not, I think is a moot question anymore. I think employees are forcing them to. That's a really good point. I mean, and, and a lot of people are saying it, that, um, you know, the, the power has shifted and, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing. How is that influencing your business? Um, I think where, where the biggest change is, is that, you know, we used to be able to play this game where we would, um, you know, we would, we would go out there and we would say, okay, as a company, we are going to hire X number of people and then we're not going to hire them. And right. We just, we treated everybody like widgets, right. And we put all these fancy words around things like candidate experience and we're going to make this all seamless and flow and everybody's going to feel good about themselves and employer branding. But the truth of the matter was it was from a very company centric perspective that said, how can I use these tools and capabilities in order to get you interested when I need you and only when I need you for what I need you for, right? Very transactional relationship. 
And I think that uh, in the new world of work, um, employees and candidates have all, it's not a game anymore. They really have all the control. And um, they're not interested in not having the information they want. They want salary transparency. They want simplicity. They're not willing to jump through the hoops that we were putting them through and just saying, well, that's just the way the technology works. Um, so from my perspective, it means as a business and as a technology business in this space, we got to get better at serving the candidate side of the house in order to allow our key customers, which are companies, to be effective. Um, and that really is a switch in paradigm. You know, uh, I really thought that HR tech had jumped 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 the shark yeah um when time clocks started to call themselves experience platforms oh dear lord and, and engagement platforms yeah so how much of what i hear about recruiting tech nowadays is hype versus how much of it do you think is grounded in reality oh that's a tough question working in the in the tech and that side of the tech I, listen 90% of it's hype. Honestly, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if, even if we're talking about what we're doing in the AI space, if we talk about what we're doing in the automation space, even the implementation of video into the, <coughs> into the, into the market, it is still a patchwork set of solutions. It is still not, a, we're not really holistically solving the big problems yet. Now, I'm hoping that we're getting closer to doing it, but it's still, um, yeah, I, I think it's a lot of hype and still um, the same old, same old. Listen, if I, if I, as a candidate, right, and I've been one recently, I know other people are out there and have done this, and the application experience has not changed dramatically um, since the beginning of time. And we know it's supposed to. So why not, right? Well, we keep saying it's supposed to. Right, but we don't do anything about it. Right. And it, but here's the consequence. Here's the problem. Now you can actually go on Twitter and on LinkedIn, and you're going to see people clearly saying as candidates, I can now tell which applicant tracking system is being used. And if X one is being used, I refuse to apply. That changes the game, right? Because as companies, we used to think, oh, well, they're just going to do it. They have to, right? Yes, we'll try and make it better and easier and make it more compelling. But it, there was really no forcing function. The forcing function now is a real, it's not just candidates and employees leaving companies because they're not satisfied with how, when, and where and work gets done and that, that dynamic. Candidates are now leaving the workforce pool in that same way. So, so how has that changed smart recruiters' approach? Um, I think in the most basic way, it said, listen, we've got to get back to the basics. And there's a lot of stuff you can put on the outskirts of a system and a solution that can make you have all the bells and whistles and feel fancy and kind of have all those pieces. But at the end of the day, if you at your core are not creating a solution that is simple, easy, efficient, and um, doesn't have a whole lot of bull around it, then it won't work. Um, and so it's really forced us to take a step back and to say, are we building a product? Let's make sure we're building a product and sustaining a product out there that at its core makes it easy to connect people to jobs. People to jobs. And all the other stuff, that's great. And let's, let's partner with people and kind of see how we can connect those pieces in. But it should not, it should be a simple, let's go back to the basics, simple application process. Simple, easy for hiring managers to leverage and to use, right? These are all the things we were supposed to be doing and companies said they were doing for years that, you know, they, it got off on the wayside, right? We got all excited with the bells. So, so 
skills must factor in to your thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> certainly seems to be factoring into the thinking of a lot more people than it was two, two years ago. Is that impacting your view of the, the space? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I will say I believe that we are headed towards a future in the near future, not decades from now, but um, mere years from now where the formal way of articulating who I am and seeing if I'm relevant to you as a candidate based on my resume is, is going to be a moot point. It's not going to happen anymore, right? Because those are static. Um, they don't evolve. Um, I can't really match you effectively to opportunities that way. I think the idea of an employer or an individual owning their skills and their evolution in those skills and being able to articulate those skills and show their skills is going to be what makes the difference between those people who are successful and which companies are able to understand and untap that information, right? So if I think about where we've got to evolve from a TA tech stack perspective, it's how do we help people articulate and show us what skills they have so that we can connect them in the right ways. And it's got to go past this self-reporting process of resume hunting and and posting and and all of those pieces. We've we've got to start thinking about how we're leveraging assessments differently. We need to start thinking about how we're leveraging AI to be able to look not just at at kind of that machine learning keyword matching piece, but really start looking at attributable skills across roles um, and being able to do attribution in that space. These are going to be big things um, because skills at the end of the day is what a company needs. A company, a company needs to understand what skills they need to have, what skills are going to happen in the future, and what people have those skills so they can evolve with the company. Um, and how we capture that information, how we track that information, and how we manage it is going to be central to talent management. You know, I've, I've heard it said that there's three ways to get skills. You can build them, you can borrow them, or you can buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's if, if if a company is doing all of those as a, an enterprise, it seems like that would be a really complicated thing to implement. Trying to sort of orchestrate full time people with consultants, with gig people, or you know, short mm-hmm. short time people. Um, how does that affect the equation for employers? Are they are they thinking in terms of okay, we want 30% to be gig workers and 40% to be full-timers? Or... I don't think they really are. I, I think that, I think that um, you, you know, we've been playing around this story of workforce planning since the beginning of time, right? Um, it has not, I don't, I don't, I have not seen out there um, a company that's really solved the nut on this one and how can you actually have a clear, visible path to workforce planning. And I think the downstream implication of that is once you, if you have a clear, if you have a hard time understanding clearly what you need, it becomes even more complicated then to determine where you're going to get that talent, right? Are you going to buy, build, or, or borrow? And, and right now, all those systems that you buy talent from, so your acquisition systems, the build systems, which are all your training and development platforms and, and skill-based platforms there, um, and your borrow, which is all of your contingent workforce kind of management platforms, mostly are disconnected. So my insight into who's in which system and who, what they, who's there, how would I know which talent to pick from is like a shot in the dark, right? It's not connected. Um, until that happens, until I can look at it holistically, I don't know how I make decisions in that frame. You know, it, 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 
is another place that makes me think the employers really have work to do if this mm-hmm. is going to going to work. Mm-hmm. And my impression is a lot of them aren't doing it. I think they're overwhelmed by it. I think, um, you know, my experience coming from, you know, working in large technology enterprises for a long time is that um, the idea of mapping and articulating skills, understanding who has what skills and what skills we even want, almost feels like a bureaucratic pressure test to an organization, right? Suddenly we're starting to have questions that are not necessarily about skills, but they become about the politics of the value of certain types of skills and which roles um, you know, attribute to them more. And it becomes this rat's nest, right? And mm-hmm. so um, if people back off of it really quickly or they get immersed in it for, you know, years and years and never have any good outcome from it. I think we just, the, the, the issue is that employers are, and companies overcomplicate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think where we can go in and start working with companies to help them think about how to think about this in the simplest way, how to take iterative steps to move in this direction without feeling like they've got to bite off the whole enchilada or if they don't do it, map it completely end to end to end to end that it will, you know, they can't do something today, right? Like there's a sense that you have to do, know everything before you can do anything in this skill space. And I think that's the, that's the wrong story. I think pragmatically we've got to figure out, start the very basics, right? Job by job. Here, Lord, just start job by job. How many times do we just start with the basics and say, Recruiter to hiring manager, what skills do you really need in the job, on your team, and for the company right now to be successful? And let's start applying, looking for people based on those skills, based on these arbitrary factors like education and degree and et cetera. Um, And then we can back ourselves into larger, more complex workforce planning strategies. But waiting until all that's done before you can start making traction is killing organizations. It's too complex. Well, is that an opportunity for platforms like yours? Um, it seems like developing the whole skills approach mm-hmm. of a company is pretty fundamental to the recruiting mm-hmm. that goes on. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it is. And, and my, you know, as I work with customers every day, you know, helping them look at their TA strategies, um, my answer to them is, is that, listen, the technology honestly exists out there you to do these things. We can help you do these things today. It's a question of how are you aligning your business processes um, and your strategies, the way you're thinking about the simplest parts of your process um, and and how can we help you do that by leveraging our technology to get there, right? So for example, like I said, working with them and saying, you know, let's really look at what does it look like to build a skills-based job description? What does it look like to have the right assessment strategy? Um, that is not overly complex, but gets at the information that you need that allows you to make smart decisions quickly. Um, we can start today putting those sorts of things into place without waiting for, again, big, big answers to happen at the kind of Uber HR level. So if you look out a few years, mm-hmm. what changes do you see coming to recruiting technology? I think, much like you were saying before, Companies are going to need to be able to have a more holistic understanding of their entire workforce. And are and we're going to have to start looking at more talent management software. When I say talent management software, I'm talking about software that allows me to connect the dots between my gig workforce, my internal workforce, my alumni workforce, my um, and then my kind of applicant or talent pool workforce. And I have to have full visibility to that. 
um, as well as overlaying it with my workforce strategy so that I can then decide how I want to leverage those people. That's true power, right? We start to connect those pieces. And I think we're going to start getting there. Right now, it's through integrations and partnerships. Um, I see lots of companies starting to partner up and start saying, how can we solve some of these problems little by little? And I think we're going to see an evolution over the course of the next few years of more and more platforms being able to holistically address this um, in, in ways that are very talent-focused, um, maybe a little bit different from what's kind of happening in the HRES okay. space today. Yeah. Lynn, thanks so much for talking Thank to me you. today. It was awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to People Tech of the HCM Technology Report. This HR Tech series is graciously brought to you by our partners at Fuel50. For all other HR, sourcing, and recruiting news, check out HCMTechnologyReport.com. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.